Do women get drunk more often than men? Are they less able to hold their alcohol? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 65 of Tractate Subas, and we learn that if your spouse is drinking to excess, it often means that you're not giving them the attention they need and deserve. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. After a year in the ark, Noah finally steps out into the world. He praises God and offers a sacrifice of thanks. God is pleased with Noah's efforts and makes a covenant never to destroy the world again. The rainbow would be the eternal symbol of that covenant. Whenever the Almighty is unhappy with our behavior, He produces the rainbow, thereby reminding us to improve our ways and reminding Himself that He will always forgive us for our iniquities. Unfortunately, it doesn't take long for Noah to debase himself in iniquity. Following his initial spiritual euphoria, Noah, the man of the earth, profaned himself and planted a vineyard. He gets drunk and becomes the Torah's eternal symbol of the tragic consequences of compromising one's self-control. The aftermath of his conduct leaves a stain on the family that would reverberate for many generations. Let's look at today's Gemara. One cup of wine is proper for a woman, two is dishonorable, three cups cause her to explicitly ask for her husband's intimacy, four cause her to approach a mule, Rava clarified that is only when her husband is absent, but when her husband is present there is no concern. Let's analyze today's Gemara. This is one of those pieces in the Gemara that we may be tempted to brush past quickly and assume that we have advanced from the thinking of our ancestors. But every word of the Gemara is precious and meaningful. When we encounter a teaching that doesn't sit well with us, it's incumbent upon us to work even harder to appreciate the timeless wisdom of our sages. Let's explore this lesson on two levels. First, we'll endeavor to understand the matter on a basic literal level, then we'll broaden it to our relationship with God. All the pleasures of this world may be used in one of two ways. Either we sanctify them for the service of heaven, or we aim simply to fulfill our physical desires. Wine is the ultimate example of a food that could go either way. It could be used for Kiddush on Friday night and Shabbat, or it could be used to bring out the worst in us. We know that drinking a glass of wine has health benefits. It reduces stress levels and maintains cardiac health, But one cup is all that's needed, says the Gemara. Any further imbibing is indulgent and therefore dishonorable. Regardless of one's gender, one needs to be cognizant of the right amount of wine to consume to maximize one's mission on earth, and at what point one might put oneself over the edge and detract from one's service of heaven. Wine is the most precise example of a worldly pleasure that could go either way because it's black and white. A little ice cream is okay to enjoy. Three servings of ice cream are an unnecessarily gluttonous decision, but won't really impair your capacity to serve God, at least not in the short term. Too much wine, however, impedes your cognitive aptitude and inhibits your ability to focus on your divine mission. Continuing with the sequence of the Gemara, what happens after a wife drinks more than two cups? She begins to make demands on her husband that she would not previously have made explicitly. But why is that so terrible? Surely she's only asking him to fulfill his marital duty. Here's the issue the Gemara is concerned about. Marriage is not a transaction. It's an emotional bond. It's the deepest of all relationships. Unlike the bond with a child, the marital relationship must be earned. 
In order to get there, you need to be able to tune into your spouse's needs and desires. The wife shouldn't need to ask her husband to be there for her. He should simply know. The Torah calls this the mitzvah of owner. A husband must be so in tune with his wife's needs and wants that she doesn't need to spell them out to him. He should be there for her every desire without her needing to ask or say anything at all. The fact that she needs to drink to remove her inhibitions and make him aware of her needs is worse than dishonorable. His lack of sensitivity and awareness have pushed her to turn to foreign stimulants. And sadly, the Gemara warns of dire consequences if, even after she spelled it out to him, is still not listening. As an aside, Rafa notes that only if he is absent will she look elsewhere. But if he is present, even if he's not as aware as he should be, we need not be concerned. Regret- regrettably, more than a statement about the wife's ability to hold her alcohol, our Gemara is an indictment of her inattentive husband. But if that's the case, why does the Gemara mention the wife's drinking pattern and not the husband's? The answer, as we know, is that women don't need to be told to be in tune with their husband's needs and wants. Their natural intuition and nurturing nature cause them to be constantly aware. For men, this trait doesn't come naturally, so much so that men wonder why their wives expect them to just know how they're feeling and what they need. But that's your job as a husband, to train yourself to be in tune with your wife's needs and wants. It's not easy and it's not natural for males, but it's the key to a successful marriage. The way to get there is to constantly keep your wife at the forefront of your mind. Every other thought, you should be asking yourself, what could I do now to make my wife happy? One way to tune into your wife's needs and wants is simply to be present by staying in touch throughout the day. You might go through a day hardly thinking about your spouse. How about you touch base every time you conclude an event or appointment in your schedule? That's a great start to making her feel that she is your number one priority, the number one thought on your mind. But of course, every time we learn about the relationship between husband and wife, we're reminded of our sages' teaching that Hashem, God, took us unto Him as His wife at Sinai. Let's think about the meaning of Gemara for us as the wife of the Almighty. Judaism is not an ascetic religion. God gave us pleasures in this world to enjoy. To enjoy most certainly, but not to overindulge. That's the meaning of one cup of wine being appropriate. We enjoy the pleasures of this world in moderation. Overindulgence is not a sin, but it is dishonorable because we're taking ourselves off the track of our divine mission. We're distracting ourselves away from the reason that we're here on earth. What happens after three cups? The more that we indulge in the pleasures of this world at the expense of our spiritual pursuits, the more materialistic we become and we start demanding physical and material satisfaction from our heavenly husband. Instead of trusting him that he knows exactly what we need, we become more and more dissatisfied with our lot in life and get upset at him when we're not getting what we want. The final step, God forbid, is when we become so overindulgent in worldly desires that we are no longer satisfied with kosher pleasures and we seek to satisfy our cravings outside our holy marriage with God. Let's conclude today's intense subject matter with an important note about men's and women's drinking patterns. The Gemara notes from the story of Hannah, the mother of Shmuel, the prophet, that our women were not known as drinkers. Accused by Eli, the high priest, of arriving drunk to the tabernacle, it subsequently becomes clear that he had misinterpreted her actions and the divine message that he received from the Orem Vitumim. What's more, as Agmara points out, the story continues with Hannah's husband Elkanah drinking, but not her. After learning Agmara, it's important to recall that all the instances of drunkenness in the Torah are men, from Noah to Lot to Nadav and Avihu. As a husband or a wife, 
You must be so dedicated and bound to your husband that you can be there for your spouse's every need and want, even without your spouse asking. May you learn to be forever in tune with your spouse, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.